Okay, quick question. If you could have any superpower, what would you have? Go, right now. Being able to shoot webs from weird little holes in my wrist. <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to our podcast, Rewind and Reconsider, where we rewind movies and reconsider if they're good or not. I'm your host, Mia Gravidor, and I'm with Harrison Fagan. I'm sorry, I almost said I'm Harrison Fagan. <laughs> I was going to say, why do you always sound like you're unsure of who you are? You know, I'm Mia Gravidor? I mean, aren't we all unsure of who we are? Uh, that's a fair point. That's an existential point, but a fair one. Uh, speaking of ex- existential crisis, we are going to be watching the 2002 movie Spider-Man. How is that related to an existential crisis? Because Peter Parker's always having an existential crisis. I mean, am I wrong? Another fair point. Uh, exactly. Um, so we have actually both watched this movie before, but we took a poll, um, from Twitter, because we're getting sick of our movies and wanted to see what our viewers... Well, or mainly not viewers. I'm getting sick of Mia's movies. <laughs> So um, it was a tie between the Scooby-Doo movie and Spider-Man. We flipped a coin, and we are going to watch Spider-Man. And thank God, because I would not have wanted to watch the Scooby-Doo movie. I didn't even like that movie when I was a kid, and like I shudder to think of how much I would probably hate it now. Anyways, speaking of Spider-Man, the movie we're actually going to watch, yes. what do you remember about it? Do you, did you watch this as a kid or no? Yes. Uh, I uh, Weirdly, I saw Spider-Man 2 before I saw Spider-Man 1 when I was a kid. The um, very much superior Spider-Man. Yeah, I mean, that trilogy. movie is probably better. I mean, I'm sure in retrospect it's still better even. Um, but I, yeah, I remember I went with just like a friend and I think, I don't know, I think I just like... I think I had started to get really into the Spider-Man comics, but I hadn't seen the first movie yet, but we just went to go see Spider-Man 2, and uh, yeah, I, I remember really liking it, um, and as far as, Sp- I just realized we're watching Spider-Man 1 today. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was not really relevant at all. Um, yeah, I, I have seen Spider-Man. Uh, I think it's probably going to hold up. I, I enjoy I remember enjoying the first movie in the series. I think, like, it's a cool introduction to Spider-Man. And, like, uh, it's you know... It's kind of a kickoff for our modern-day superhero movies now. Yeah. I mean, this movie came out pretty soon after 9-11, if I'm remembering correctly. Or, like, the summer after it or something like that. And I think, like, a, a lot of people have written that, like, it massively outperformed box office expectations and that was in part because people were kind of looking for something to be happy about and looking for a hero um my lasting spider-man memory is my my dad worked for a company that was like tangentially involved with the movie industry for a little while while i was growing up and my little brother had a poster for this movie that was like rare there were like not that many of them in existence but it was uh it was a poster for the movie but you could see the reflection of the twin towers in Spider-Man's eyes, and they had to recall all of them because, like, that that obviously, obviously. was not okay anymore, um, and definitely not the point of the movie. It was just a really horrible coincidence by whoever designed that uh, poster. Yeah, for me, I kind of don't remember my first time watching Spider-Man. This movie's kind of just like, you know, what you have those movies in your childhood that it's just like, oh, I've I've always. I've always known this movie existed. I don't know when I watched it, but definitely I've watched it. I just don't remember the first time watching it. Well, yeah, I mean, you probably were pretty young when this came out, right? Yeah, this came out 2002, so I think it was like in second grade or something. But I yeah. do I do remember watching it. 
Yeah. I just don't know where I started. I just has always just been like there. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Do, do you know what I mean? Those movies that are just like, I don't know where I watched it, but I've watched it and I just don't remember. Am I the only one that's going through this? <laughs> I, I think this is just a you thing. Okay. All right. Well, um, I think it'll maybe hold up. No, I think, I think it's is... going to hold up. I, I mean, there there are some things that, like, they changed from the comics that I'm preparing myself to be annoyed by as an adult. But, um, you know, like, I also, like, I, I think that they, um, if I'm remembering this correctly, like, really got at kind of the core of, like, Spider-Man as, like, an outsider and kind of, like, a weirdo. And, you know, I, I mean, I don't think that it's yeah, going to measure Yeah, played by, up. like, a 30-year-old. Yeah, I don't think it's going to measure up to Tom Holland's Spider-Man, but, you know. Yeah. I don't think anything can. So, um, if we were watching the third one, this would be a very different conversation. But yes, we it are would. Watching the first one and third I'm... one is wildly underappreciated movie. Oh, okay, we could discuss. That I later. just said that because I thought you were going to yell. <laughs> All right, we are going to swing into Spider-Man. Watching Spider-Man. Okay, and we're back. We just watched Spider-Man. The 2002 version, and before we get into what we like and what we didn't like, we are going to do a quick 60-second summary of the movie, and because both of us have already seen it, I have taken the honor and the sacrifice of doing this 60-second summary. I know, I know, but I'll do it. It's okay. Thank you for your service. <laughs> and uh, so, do you want to count me in? or? Oh, um... Yeah, I mean, it doesn't I can, even... No, I can I can set up a timer. You just didn't warn me I needed to do that. All right. Okay, so we start out with someone named Peter Parker. He is a high school student, and he is going on a field trip to go see some spiders for some reason with his high school. And so then he's taking a picture of this hot girl he has a hots for. Her name is Mary Jane, and then he gets bitten by a spider, and he's like, oh, I have to go home. I'm sick. So he goes home, and he lives with his aunt and uncle, and then he goes into his room, and he's like, I'm going to take a nap. I don't feel good. And then he wakes up, and he's like, super buff, and then he can have spider-like powers, and he's like, oh, shit, what's going on? So then... Uh, uh, so then all of a sudden, this other rich guy, he becomes a Green Goblin because he has some gas put into him, and then he's all like, fuck everything, if, because my company's going under, I'm going to create terrorism. So he goes around, and then Peter Parker's like, wait, I need to be the one, oh, and then his uncle dies at some point, and then he's all like, I need to be, <laughs> I need to be the one that saves- Yeah, that saves a pretty big plot point, I'd say. <laughs> I, I need to be the one that saves this city of New York, and he's like, I'm gonna fight the Green Goblin, and then Green Goblin's like, no, fuck you, I'm gonna squash you like a bug, and then he's like, hey, I know who you are, you're Peter Parker, and then he finds that out, because his he's friends, Peter Parker's friends with his son, and so then he's all like, haha, I'm going to torment you and try to kill everyone that you love and then spider-man's like no fuck you and then he like kills green goblin and then he's still spider-man but no one knows okay yeah i mean i mean in like the broadest i mean you definitely did not get the order the uh, the like the details I hit in everything order. that was important and that's what matters sort of i, I mean, mean i mean I mean, number one, he did not kill the Green Goblin. He, he jumped backwards over his... Technically, he did kill him. ...glider. He what, by stop, not stopping stop, it with exactly. his body? Yeah, exactly. No, that was very intentionally... He didn't tell him that it was coming. He was all... He wasn't all like, hey, Gobby. The, the Goblin directed it to come. Yeah, but then he jumped, and then he didn't, like, try to push the Green Goblin out of the way, thus killing the green goblin okay we're gonna have to agree to disagree on that one and not get hung up on it but um other than spider-man being a murderer what did you uh or at least in your view what did you like about the movie um did you feel like it held up i think it did honestly it did i think 
coming from where coming from where time it came from i think this is kind of the first superhero movie that was sort of semi-relatable and more semi set in the real world you know like with batman i know batman came out i think with the x-men movies i think have an argument well, I didn't think about that. But, again, the X-Men... I think that was kind of the start of having, like, relatable superhero characters. You know, with Peter Parker, I think he is such a well-known character and everyone likes him because he's just an ordinary person and he's a kid, and you know? And everyone knows how, like, puberty sucks. Well, he's ostensibly <laughs> okay, hold a kid. hold on, hold on. I mean, like, in the comics, he's a kid. And, like, you know, going through... <coughs> Puberty sucks, and then also having to have all these powers and responsibility on top of growing up, I think a lot of people can relate to that, because it's, you know, relatable. Yeah. No, I mean, like, that's why Spider-Man is such an iconic and, like, beloved character overall, and I do think that this movie, it captured that feeling and that sense of him better than I remembered, because, like, in memory, it's probably been, like... I don't know, like, probably eight years at least since I watched this movie. Like, it's been a long time since I saw this movie. And uh, in that time, I came to remember, I think, number one, Spider-Man 3 becomes more memorable just because it's the most recent one that you've seen. And number two, like, Tobey Maguire looks old. Like, he does not look like he's in high school, even in this first movie. But I feel like the way he acts, I think, really comes off as a high school student. I think the way he's, like, this wide-eyed, kind of innocent kid that, like, is just trying to get through life and he doesn't want to be noticed or seen. And then he, all of a sudden he gets these, like, spider powers that it's it's hard not for him to stand out, you know? He also, I thought, like, captured the... Well, it's like you said about as far as making it relatable, getting superpowers and everything. Like, it was very... His reactions to getting the powers, I think. And, like, Tobey Maguire did do a really good job selling those through his delivery and facial expression. Yeah. There was, like, a pure kind of joy and sense of discovery in him. Like, it was that he... He just, he had a bunch of holy shit moments. Yeah, it was kind of like it was like well, I can do that. What? What? Oh, uh, yeah. It's someone who's not used to having confidence in himself, and now having this all just thrown on him, and he's like, I have to make choices because I have this power, and it comes with great, great responsibility. responsibility. <laughs> uh, like, it, yeah. I mean, it, it was just the. I think it captured the unbridled enthusiasm yeah. that I feel like we all think that we would have if we got superpowers. Like, what did he do that was his first thing when he got superpowers? It wasn't to go be a hero. He's like, I'm going to make some money and buy a car and impress the girl that exactly. I like. <laughs> and he ended up getting his uncle killed. But, yeah, you know, so that plan backfired. But, bit, but it's kind of like, you know, you don't a lot of kids don't think before they do something. They yeah. go and do it and they don't think about the consequences and then they have to deal with that afterwards. And I think that's where he really learns and grows about having this responsibility with this great power. Yeah. And, like, you know, he's constantly, like, uh, like screaming with joy when he's swinging around the city and yeah. stuff. And it just, like, it really did make it seem like it would be fun to be Spider-Man outside of the times when a madman grabs your girlfriend and threatens to throw her off a bridge and makes you pick between her and a, like, tram full of school children. Um, speaking of Tobey Maguire, yes, he is visually older than whatever, I think he was a senior in high school? Yeah, he was gra- he was supposedly graduating from high school. Okay, let's do a little uh let's do a little game. Let's guess how old Toby Maguire was when he played this role. 28? 25? 32? 
Am I getting warmer or colder? Uh, you were a little bit warmer, but it was 27. He was 27 years old. Oh, wow. I was really close. <laughs> That's still pretty old. Like, I'm not even 27 yet, and yet he's playing Imagine high- if I was playing a high schooler. Yeah, that's true. You yeah. would be playing a high schooler. Yeah. I mean, I don't have his youthful good looks, but... He still looks old. I think that's the only off-put. That's off-put. the weird thing. Yeah. Like, it's weird seeing a 28-year-old man chase a school bus. Yeah. Yeah. Like, physically, he doesn't look like a high schooler, but, like, like emotionally, I feel like he does pull it off. See, to me, there were moments where that almost made it creepier, because it, like, came off like someone pretending to be a kid. And, okay, but, but to be fair, nobody in that high school looked like a high schooler. <laughs> I don't know. I thought J- James Franco and, Mar- and uh, Kirsten Dunst were closer. And the guy who was dating Mary Jane definitely looked like a high schooler. What? No, he did yeah. not. He looked like a beefed up 30-year-old. No, he, I mean, he looked like he looked like a weirdo. But, like, he, <laughs> he definitely, I mean, Joe Manganiello, like, definitely needed the beard. Like, yeah. that was a good decision on his part to grow he that out. He looks a lot better with it. Yeah. Memorably played Flash Thompson in this movie, just for those of you that did not just watch it. (laughs) Um, What did you think about the other characters? So what did you think about the um, choice of having the Green Goblin as the first Spider-Man on-screen villain? I mean, I think it was the right decision. He is kind of, like, Spider-Man has a lot of great villains, but he kind of, like, lacks, like, the one iconic one, like, like Joker for Batman. But Green Goblin is the closest, at least in terms of the arcs and the different things that they've gone through. Like, they have, it's not quite that level of relationship where it's just, like, these two are fighting every single week and it's just, like, it, Joker is as big of a deal as Batman and all of that stuff. Like, it's not quite that level, but Green Goblin is kind of the iconic Spider-Man villain as far as, like, his... He has the most memorable clashes with Peter and Spider-Man and, you know, he knows his identity and they have the relationship through their son and all that stuff. So I was with it. I I thought Willem Dafoe definitely gave it his all. I remember, like, thinking he was kind of cheesy when I was a kid. I think that's the point, though. No, but yeah, it's kind of enjoyable to watch now. Like, he is, he just just, goes for it. Yes. God, God love him. Actually, fun fact, Willem Dafoe actually did 90% of his stunts. I would not have expected that. Right? So I guess the costume, the green You mean goblet- the stunts that weren't like <laughs> PlayStation 1 level video game yes, CGI? Yes, yes. Um, I guess the suit was supposed to be a lot more bulkier, but then when they realized that he was going to be doing his own stunts and stuff like that, they had to surprisingly tone it down, which, I mean, if you know what it looks like now... Like, if you're picturing the Green Goblin costume from this movie, it is not, there's he nothing looks subtle like, about He this. looks like a green stormtrooper <laughs> with, like, like a, an overspot. Like, that, that is a very good yeah, way to describe it. Yeah, I think it. that's, uh, but speaking of costumes, I think that Spider-Man's costume was has actually been the best costume and very, very comic book accurate. I think that really sells. Oh, really? I disagree. I, I think, I mean... Really? Th- yeah, I It think doesn't th- look, like, super cheesy or anything. It looks like, you know... It, I mean, all of these are implausible that a high schooler would be able to assemble this on their own, so I get that. That one looks very professionally done. Yeah. And so it, it looks, looks good. cool. It looks good. Yeah, it looks cool. I think the most comics accurate one was in Spider-Man Homecoming when he actually like put together his own suit and it's basically like a sweatshirt with like holes cut in a ski mask. Well, he also kind of did that when he went to the the wrestling match too. Yeah, that's true. And so that was cool and it was well it was like it was a good like at least way with movie logic to kind of show you know, the progression and everything. Yeah. 
So speaking of comic book accuracy, let's get down to the glaring problem of this movie in the fact that the web shooters actually come from inside him. Yeah, this generated some controversy, I think, in the nerd community, uh, which I consider myself a proud member of and, uh, you know, a proud Spider-Man expert. Okay. And I, you know, like, I, it definitely makes more sense, especially for an early comic book. You have to remember, this was like an early on comic book movie where viewers were not, I think, as attuned to the tropes of comic books as we are now, where it's like, it's become more normalized. You can throw more convoluted, less realistic stuff at people, and they're just kind of like, oh, well, it's a comic book. Like, I think for the time, it made sense. And honestly, it kind of makes more sense if you're just looking at it for like the spider bite to just give him webbing rather than a high schooler inventing these like web shooters and web canisters and this whole like thing which you know that was meant to show his science expertise and like put that on display early on but it also like i, I get why they went with uh the risk urethra <laughs> gross um so actually ew. so actually the director sam raimi um because a lot of people were bringing that up they're like hey that's not how spider-man web shooters are he as if he would not know that yeah, as no. the director of the spider-man movie yeah um he's actually a very big spider-man fan and he has a huge um comic book collection. wow i never would have guessed after watching. <laughs> i mean it's it, that is clear yes. through the movie um, but his defense was that he thought it would be unrealistic to have a high schooler with all these classes he's going to and in like a secret life to have time to make something at that caliber and also that he because in this movie peter parker isn't like smart nerdy he's just like just loser nerdy if you really think about it no he he's smart nerdy like he's in no, contention like, for like scholarships and like these yeah, science but jobs he's not, and like, stuff like with, he's not super genius level exactly yeah. he's not like technical nerdy yeah. he's just like like in the comics he's like an actual genius he's just yeah. poor so he can't design everything that he would want to yeah like Tony but Stark. i think they went for that kind of nerdiness just Again, to go with the relatable list. Cause, yeah, know. I mean, that's, and that's fine. I, as a character choice, it honestly doesn't bother me that much. Like, I, and I think that it, like, it kind of makes sense within the world. Yeah, so that was what the director was going for. So it was intentional. He knew what he was doing. So just saying. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't <laughs> surprise me. Um, like, I can't, uh, I can't imagine, like, the only movie where, a comic book movie where you could tell me that the person was, like, had not done any research whatsoever would be Catwoman. Um, like, if you watch that movie, like, I, I, you could tell me that that guy did not read a single Catwoman comic book in preparation for that, and I would believe you 1,000%. Yes. <laughs> um, so what do you think about the plot-wise? I mean, this is still kind of an origin story. Do you think it still works nowadays, or? Yeah, I think it works. I mean, like, we talked about it. Like, it... it, it I think it gets into what would be fun about being Spider-Man. I think that they go through the great power, great responsibility thing in like, uh, it's a it's a way that feels very true to the character, even if it's not like, I mean, it's pretty close to what the comic book origin is. And like, I think that it, uh, the guy, I don't know who they got to play Uncle Ben. I don't remember the actor's name, but Uncle he really ben. did. Yeah. Uncle Ben did a really good job of like, I, I think making, you like you could tell through his line delivery that he really cared about Peter and you could kind of get the sense of that like fatherly relationship even when they were fighting in their last interaction and I think Tobey Maguire did a good job like selling that grief and everything oh yeah it was really like honestly watching it now like watching Uncle Ben die the first time not the second time yeah was really heartbreaking because it's 
you could, yeah, you could obviously tell that Uncle Ben was like this father figure to Peter, and like you can feel because like the last thing Peter said to him, I forgot. Was you're not my real father? It was something along those lines. And then now seeing him dead on the floor, it's like, oh fuck! Like that's the last thing I've ever said to him, and like I've only like ever just respected him. I'm just a brat and a teenager, you know. But yeah, yeah I, I think so, he really. So that, that part was really good. They definitely like pretty organically worked in. Like I, I, honestly, in retrospect, I'm surprised about how organically they were able to work in the Green Goblin finding out his identity. That was like a pretty cool way to do it to have them fight before the thing, like at the Thanksgiving Day parade, yeah. and then to show up for a Thanksgiving meal, uh, you know, at the house that they both live in together, and for him to notice the blood and remember where they he hit Spider Man. No, 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 where, where, sorry, where him and his son live together, where Spider-Man and uh, the Green Goblin's son live together, Harry, uh, played by James Franco, um, where they live together and notice the blood coming from his wrist. Like, that was a pretty subtle way to get to that without needing to, like, draw out that conflict before they figure out each other's identity. Yeah, it's not like a count and mouse game or anything. Yeah, like, like, it's it's totally accidental, but it works. Yeah, and he's smart enough to know. Yeah. To put it together. Yeah, and I, I, I honestly, I think I appreciated that as well. As far as like, they don't treat the audience like all the like all every character except for the main one is an idiot. Mm-hmm. Like, if you had just been in a fight and you saw like you were throwing blade grenades at people, <laughs> uh, and you saw one of them slice a guy on the arm, and then you see this guy like mysteriously come from downstairs, even though you already checked his room or whatever, and he has like blood dripping. Like, you, you're gonna probably at least think about it a little bit yeah yeah um, and especially when they're like oh like a bike hit me yeah he's just like okay no bike has ever cut someone <laughs> by running into them somebody correct me if i'm wrong on this but i feel like that has never happened in human history yeah well you know this peter parker is not the smartest brightest bulb in the chandelier yeah um <laughs> I-, I do think the one thing that Watching this now as someone who has went to college for journalism, uh, the no, the, the scenes at the Daily Bugle are really enjoyable. Okay, wait, wait, hold on. I'm going to stop you right there. Sorry. I want to get into the cream of this whole movie, which was J.K. Simmons playing J. Jonah Jameson. He's incredible. Oh, my God. <laughs> one of the best casting decisions in movie history. Honestly, it was actually one of the people that were supposed to, was supposed to be playing... J. Jonah Jameson was Michael Keaton, but the other person that really wanted the role was Stan Lee. That would be so weird. Yeah, so then they went with J.K. Simmons, and then apparently uh, Stan Lee was like, you know what, you're right, he was the perfect fit. Yeah, that would have been so weird watching Stan Lee in that role. It wouldn't fit. I'm really glad that they turned him down. No. That probably wasn't easy at the time either. Just every single line he says is just... He's hilarious. It's so good. His delivery is incredible. And if he, you ever worked in journalism or any in journalism, you always have that one person, like the head of like whatever you have. That they're gonna act like that. That's how news people act. They do. Shut up. They do. Some people do. I feel attacked <laughs> because I was your boss at the student paper. You sometimes have to act like that in news. You know, you have to be brash. You have to be just like forward. And I constantly yelled at people to get me more pictures of Spider Man. There you go. It wasn't related to what we were doing. I just wanted them. I like the fact that, like, Peter Parker would always be like, well, you know, maybe Spider-Man saving that person. And then J.K. Simmons like, fuck your opinion. He's a menace to he's society. Like, he's like, I don't ask you to write the headlines. <laughs> I know. 
Which is, you know, hey. It's true. That's No, that's a perfectly fine response for a freelance photographer yeah. trying to tell you what the headline to put on your front He's page. He's all like, I'll give you a freelance, but like, you're not fucking working here. Don't even think about it. Yeah. You're not on my payroll. Uh, a prescient and uh, ahead of its time commentary on the state of the journalism industry. Right? And honestly, he only gets better from here. So. Yeah, no. So he, he was awesome. The, the one thing that kind of strains credulity watching it now is... The Green Goblin's plan to discover who Spider-Man is and not doing it earlier before he sees the blood on uh, coming from Peter is that he is going to break into the Daily Bugle. And I almost said the Daily Planet. The Daily Bugle. <laughs> and, but he blows up a wall, starts threatening J. Jonah Jameson. And then now, J. Jonah Jameson all of a sudden goes like, free press, you are not going to infringe on my rights to protect my sources and whatever. Like, But he, number one... Peter Parker's name would be on that photo. Yeah, the, I don't like know photo why credits did. are a thing. Yeah. That's absolutely like that would not. This is not something new. <laughs> J. Jonah Jameson. Or that would not keep the. All he would have to do is pick up a copy of the Daily Bugle and see who was taking the photo if he wanted to find that out. This was an unnecessarily violent and elaborate plan. <laughs> um, and like the fact that like Jameson wouldn't give it up, like that's unethical. You're supposed to be putting that on your paper. He was being threatened by a man in a fucking, like, party city outfit <laughs> on a flying hoverboard. It really is not the best costume. It, ugh, no, it really isn't. I mean, they it, only have... It literally this, only gets worse. The CGI <laughs> technology at, at the time, like, we see it at work in the movie. It would not have worked for an all-CGI green a, a goblin. Uh, you know, we've seen with Dane DeHaan and with, mm. uh, you know, James Franco later on in Spider-Man 3, mm. like... <laughs> That the human Green Goblin doesn't really work. Like, the Green Goblin is a very hard character to translate yeah. to And that's why probably film. the newer Spider-Man films are like, we don't... Well, also, he's been that. done twice now. Like, two and a half times now. Yeah. So, I think they're kind of like, we're going to do our own thing. And there's enough villains here that haven't been touched on. And So, actually, speaking of CGI, I have another tidbit. We are just all over the place, you know. It's, you know, it's fine. Do um, <laughs> uh, you know the scene where... Um, Toby, uh, Peter Parker slips and he has that uh, tray and he oh no 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 it's uh, Mary Jane she slips she on slips something she slips on her lunch tray and he catches and he it catches all. it yeah that's not CGI at all it's just practical props I guess he they practiced that like over and over again I think it was like 150 takes before he got it perfect the they ha the only thing he had was like adhesive on the the bottom of the oh tray, okay so all right stay still but everything else he had to catch on his own. Okay, I mean... But still, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, that seems unnecessary, to be honest. You know but... what else is unnecessary? They had to... The the, spy, the spider that was coming down in the museum, they had to anesthetize that spider. Wait, that was a real spider? <laughs> I think, like, inside the little, like... um, Yeah, it was a real spider. I 1,000% thought that was CGI. So I was like, it, damn, the spider they, looks pretty good. They had to put the spider to sleep so they could paint the colors on the fucking spider. That cannot be real. It is. That is, that is so... Where did you read this? IMDB. IMDB? Yes. Well, so I was going to say, somebody really read the IMDB fun facts today. And I just did. committed them to memory. I did. Um, was there anything else that you liked about the movie? Um... Oh, also, so, oh, sorry, before we move on from the Daily Bugle, shout out to young Elizabeth Banks as the secretary. I just, I did not remember that, and, like, this must have been one of her last roles before she kind of broke out, but um, it was just kind of like, I was like, wait, is that Elizabeth Banks? Just weird moment. 
Yeah. Um, I, you know what? I actually liked how this movie, movie was surprisingly touching. Like, it had emotion to it. Yeah, no, it, it definitely had, it like, a really... great emotional center, and you could see why it was so successful and why it yeah. resonated with so I... many people. And you can see, sorry to cut you off, but no, you can see fine. the inklings of what would make Marvel successful later in terms of just, like, really getting a beating heart into all of its movies and using humor in a fun way. Like, he's not funny like the Tom Holland Spider-Man is funny, and he's not funny in the traditional, like, I'm going to quip the whole time that I'm fighting. No, That's he's just- like accidentally funny yeah he's like accidentally funny in other moments yeah uh, like peter is with his awkwardness or whatever and so they got that right i wish that they would have like my one complaint with the toby Maguire spider-man in general is that he doesn't have like the humor while he's fighting bad guys which is like traditionally like that's spider-man he annoys the shit out of you while you're trying to punch him and then he's ends like up the knocking small he's like the kid version of deadpool basically yeah exactly and oh, like he's the pg deadpool yeah. and like <laughs> And, like, they really nailed that with Tom Holland, and that's why I think that he's the best live-action Spider-Man. But Tobey Maguire is, uh, like, honestly better than I remembered, and I think 3 kind of soiled my memory of this series as a whole. Because he's really awesome in this one, and it's a really fun movie. Yeah, like, he—it's just—he's nerdy, but in a different sense than what Peter Parker usually is. Yeah. Just kind of awkward. The no. other thing that I liked about this movie was uh, the a lot of the directorial touch of Sam Raimi. Like, I thought that he made some really interesting choices in the way that he framed certain shots or, like, certain cuts and whatever, and the way that they told certain stories visually. Like, uh, there was um, the montage of New Yorkers reacting to Spider-Man as, like, man-on-the-street interviews is hysterical. Oh, yeah, and that it's was a actually great, really funny. It's a great montage to, like, get into, like, rather than just showing him doing a bunch of random saving people acts they just ask these random people on the street like what's going on and they get like the weird theories about like i saw him grab a woman and grab drag her back to her to his nest and like <laughs> I, I heard he feeds on people at night and like somebody's like oh man he could fly like you know like just what would actually happen if somebody started doing this like yeah. everyone especially like, in the before camera phones where it's just like an urban legend and it would basically be a game of telephone where everybody's claiming they saw this guy and everybody has a different story i thought that was really fun yeah way to it do adds that. a human element to it that yeah i think you know some of the um previous superhero movies kind of lacked and i think that's why this one was kind of a game changer for that yeah um it's like it's shot like a horror movie when he's chasing the mugger in the first scene which is where you see raimi's horror roots and i thought like i thought that was a really cool choice because that actually like the the batman arkham games do a really good job of this of like showing how terrifying it would be to in the dark try and fight a superhero because you see the guy's beats per minute go up every single and this i think in a visual way did a good job of showing in it for a movie of how scary it would actually be if a guy that was climbing on ceilings was stalking you through a dark building like they play him off like he's a horror villain like he kind of you see him like out of focus in the back of shots and you see that just the shadow moving around and i thought that was a really cool way to do that scene in what could have been like a strictly played up for like oh like i am mighty and a hero and i'm gonna stop you scene like they found a way to make that kind of more like I don't know if fun's the right word, but it was definitely more interesting and cinematic. And, like, it was a unique choice and, uh, like, made the movie, I think, more enjoyable as a whole. All right, so what didn't you like about this movie? Like, what do you think definitely didn't hold up? 
There are a couple things, and this is going to sound like I'm ragging on the movie a little bit, and I'm not, because overall, like, I really enjoyed it. I, I enjoy, it did not honestly seem that long. Like, I enjoyed sitting there yeah, and watching it. it was which about isn't a two-hour movie, but... Yeah, it really it's pretty breezy. Like, it moves along well. Something's always happening. There aren't really any points where the plot drags. Um, I will say, the dialogue of this movie isn't the strongest. <laughs> Elaborate on that, please, Mia. Okay, well... There's a little bit of romance to this movie, right? And I think that's why a lot of people liked it as well. But uh, The sexiest on-screen kiss in sure, cinematic whatever. history. Anyway. The, uh, the upside-down Spider-Man thing was, like, instantly iconic. Yes, but when they're trying to speak romantically to each other, it is... Oh, it's real bad. It is, like, fan fiction bad. It's... Like, I think there's that one point where... Uh, Peter Parker's talking to Mary Jane and he's all like, you know, every time... Number one, he's constantly hitting on her when he's, like, around disabled, like, people that are either, like, dead or... Oh, yeah, he always... It's, like, always at a funeral or it's at, like, you know... His Aunt May's, like, hospital room where she's laying almost in, like, a coma and he's all like, I'm about to put the moves on this girl. Yeah. But, yeah, at some point he tells her that every time he looks into her eyes, he feels... Powerful. No, he told her that he told Spider-Man <laughs> that because this is how guys talk to one another about girl. Like when my friends ask me what I love about you, I'm like, when I look into her eyes, I feel stronger. I feel like myself, but better. And like it was just like this long winded like, I mean, I guess if you want to look at it this way, it's very authentic to like teenagers are not very good at being romantic and so maybe that's what they were trying to no, show i just think he has no moves they tried to play it off like it was like really romantic oh and yeah well the done. music was in the background she was like almost crying and yeah it's like, ew if someone told me that i'd be like what the fuck especially no. someone that like you aren't you have not really been like flirting with that much like they had had chemistry and moments but she was with his friend like yeah it's weird honestly the mary jane's character is not that great in this movie. Okay. I'm, I'm going to be the one to say it. Okay, she gets a lot of criticism. I, I The one thing that I did enjoy about her portrayal was it was... It was traditional to the comics in that, number one, like, she's not a good actress. Like, she, like, as far as in the movie, like, she really is kind of down on her luck, like, throughout most of the comic books. And, like, there, there's one point where she becomes, like, a semi-successful model. Yeah, but, and like... Stuff like... But for the most part, like, she's down in the dumps and she doesn't always... Like, she's down on her luck and, like, she... So I appreciated that they did not, like, give her a Broadway role, like, right out the gate. She's, like, she graduated high school and he gave her a pep talk and she figured it out. Like, no. Like, she had had to struggle a little bit first and I thought that what was also authentic to her character was she puts on faces around different people like she'll be having a really sad moment with Peter and then someone else will show up and she'll go into Mary Jane mode again where she has to be the fun girl and oh my god you got a new car that's so awesome and like she's constantly wearing masks a theme of this movie and um like, you know, I thought that they nailed that aspect of it because that's very traditional to how she is in the comics where she, it, like, presents as, like, she's the fun-loving girl and whatever and, like, kind of ditzy, but, like, she's actually a lot deeper than that. It's just a face that she puts on for approval. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I guess I could see where you're coming from, but I think, I mean, it's not the character's fault. I think it might be the movie's fault where they really don't give her anything to do except be an object of affection for peter parker and for him to save her constantly or she's always getting into or to talk her up it's like to help raise her confidence after she's down on her luck and yeah yeah. like she's literally just there like i I, it's not Kristen dunn's fault she did fine but like it's just they didn't treat her character but i think you know it's not it wasn't like 2020 or 2019 where like you know 
She has a little bit more of an arc in the second movie. A little bit, but like still not given as much as that, you know. Because, I don't know. I don't know. I just didn't like her character, but it's because she didn't really do anything for me. I think maybe for you, because she's attractive, she's a redhead, she probably did a lot for you. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't appreciate the implication uh, uh, about my artistic integrity. Um, <laughs> I... The, the cut scene to, or like, the credits to open the movie was, like, PlayStation 1 level cutscene yeah. bad. Or like just, like, DVD menu. menu selection bad. Yeah, it um, was... Yeah. There were there were some weird visual choices as far as, like, Sam Raimi makes, like, cheesy movies a lot of the time. These were, I think, his first, like, really big budget, like, serious serious and air quotes movie and uh like he's known for the evil dead franchise and other like kind of pulpy horror stuff and like there's there's certain times when you see that influence creeping into this movie like when peter first gets bitten by the spider at one point he's laying on the ground and randomly he just in the shot becomes a skeleton as if we were viewing him through x-ray goggles and like i was like wait a second is he gonna die like what is going on here it was just very weird um or or the part where uh green goblin throws like uh, a grenade thing to like someone yes. in the crowd and it just explodes it was it was at the board and it explodes and they all become skeletons before turning into dust like what like, maybe it was like a reference to sam raimi's like army of the dead or something like that or something and also he dead. yells at him we'll meet again spider-man as he's flying away <laughs> like this is like a 1920s western and he's shaking his fist at him well i mean the green goblin in this movie is basically yeah, I, yeah, he's <laughs> a, he's villain. a mustache twirling villain. Oh a yes, bit. but yeah, it, I love all of it. He is evil mostly for evil's sake. Yeah, um, the again the CGI. There were some moments where it's like hey, that's not um, a real person. That looks like a video game character flipping around in the air from building to building. That yes. does not look good. <laughs> yeah, there are, when he's first learning his powers, especially, and it's not the costume being CGI'd, it's like him in sweats. Yeah. Like, it's it was real <gasps> bad. Yeah, that did not, that shot did not age oh, well. Oh, but that one scene I showed you. Okay, so there's a scene where Spider-Man is rescuing Mary Jane, and they're swinging up in the air. She, he has her in his arms and he's carrying her while they're swinging he's swinging forward her head is facing backwards yes so as they're swinging she like look they go to a close-up of the both of them she looks up but then you see that her hair is blowing the opposite direction of what it should be yeah and so that was kind of amusing i mean i get why they did that for the shot and hoping just nobody would notice it looks more dramatic if her hair is blowing um you know i also uh, I, as far as criticisms of mary jane goes she is very shallow in this movie she only starts displaying interest in him after he takes off his glasses it's like the reverse of the teen movie trope where like the girl takes off her glasses and like lets her hair down and all of a sudden she's a supermodel and it was very much that like peter parker takes off his glasses and goes through puberty and then all of a sudden she's like oh do you got did you get contacts and he's like oh, oh and she's like oh you look taller She's yeah like, a it's like bitch no <laughs> yeah it's also because you took the super soldier serum yeah, through a spider um and all the other thing as far like it did not age well was during his fight with the wrestler um you know, Spider-Man's a little homophobic. He uh, he oh angers the wrestler by saying, that's a nice out." This is like his only quip in the movie is, that's a nice outfit. Did your husband give it to you? 
Yeah, that was it. Nothing and then else. I guess they gave up on the quips after that. They're like, ah, yeah, you know, he he you made his one funny it. line. Yeah, it's fine. We'll, yeah. we'll like do with that. Probably wouldn't. Probably would not be the Spider-Man line. And if this movie were made in 2020, I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, that's why we have. Like, can you imagine Tom Holland saying that while fighting? Yeah, exactly. He'd be canceled on yeah. the spot right there. Yeah. They would burn his house. So what I'm saying is cancel Tobey Maguire in <laughs> retrospect. <laughs> But yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, but overall, I also, think... Also, Peter and Aunt May's... Re- sorry, one, this is the last thing. Peter and Aunt May's relationship is essentially just... I did not remember this, but basically, for 75% of the movie, their relationship is her offering him food and him turning her down. I mean... That's like their... Ex- that's, that's their, like, like, like grandma sole dialogue. Rela- that's a grandma relationship Yeah, but, right like, there. did we really need it, like, five times? <laughs> It's like every time she's like, oh, are you hungry? He's like, just dude, shut up. <laughs> just showing that she cares about him. And that's yeah. the only way that some people think that grandmas care about you. Yeah, she's like, I just picture like a scene like in The Disaster Artist where the actress that's playing the grandma, she's like, she's like, when does it, like Aunt May's actress was probably, you know, RIP, um, was probably like, she's like, do I really need to ask him if he wants a sandwich again? Like, I feel like they kind of get the point that I'm, mu- like, is there another way that we, and he's like, no, just ask him if he wants food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess that goes back to the dialogue that you were talking about yeah it's not the strongest of it but overall i think the story and the overall theme and heart to this movie i think is a very i think is one of the top uh superhero movies yeah i just honest. i wonder if they knew that they were getting a sequel because i think that the decision to kill off green goblin kind of sucks and hurts yeah, the trilogy in retrospect bit. because like they still you, brought him back yeah, but, like, it doesn't make sense how they brought him back, like, at all. I don't know. Maybe if you they really loved think about Willem it. Dafoe so much, they're like, God, Well, obviously they did, but, like, what what was causing him to be in, like, Harry's mind? Like, do they... I don't even remember if they get into that or I if, like, if he's just, like, haunting the house or whatever. Like, it just doesn't make sense that it would have made more sense. Green Goblin is a Jedi, and that's why he comes back. Yeah, because he's a force ghost. Exactly, he just was so powerful in the force, he became one with it. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's it. I would, I'm gonna say no. <laughs> I I just think I wonder if they knew if they were getting a sequel, if they would have allowed him to kind of remain around, and he could have been like a Hannibal Lecter in the second movie, and then broken out of prison in the third one, and that would have yeah, helped. And but then they wouldn't have Doc Ock. So. I just like no. I mean, he would have probably Doc Ock probably. I'm I'm not saying go away from that. I'm just saying like overall, I think that his continuing role in the series would have made more sense were he not dead. Yeah, but, but you know, shit happens. So. Yeah, so. I think, like, that was just a small... And, and it just goes to, like, the overall problem of all of these comic book movies would, like, kill the villain in the first movie, and it makes no sense. Like, you might be able to bring them back. Like, these superheroes usually don't kill, but, like, I think up until this movie, pretty much... Like, even Spider-Man 2, they kill Doc, Doc Ock at the end, even if it's, like, a little bit more... It makes sense within the context of the movie and all that, like, his character journey. Um, but I just... I don't know. I just hate it when they kill the villain at the end. But other than that... It's still a pretty solid movie. Yeah. Overall, it's a great movie. Um, Okay. Well, thanks for nerding out with me and I with you because we are big comic book nerds and all we do is just talk about flaws of comic book movies. That's basically our relationship. We're really fun to hang out with. Yeah. Um, Real fun. Not to brag, but... (laughs) Quarantine has made us super cool i have read so much wikipedia or like comic wikis on (laughs) on star wars characters and on i have all this information for no goddamn reason (laughs) yeah um so mia why don't you let the people know what movie we are going to be doing next all right so our upcoming movie we are going to have a very special guest 
and we are going to be watching the Drew Barrymore movie Ever After. What? Yes. Cinderella with a twist. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't even want to do this podcast anymore. <laughs> Too bad. We already... We already... We are, no, 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 no. Nope, no, Harrison. No. <laughs> Anyways, you can find us on Twitter and... Um, our social media is on Twitter, and that's pretty much it. Uh, find us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And thanks for the support. And uh, stay safe. Wash your hands. Um, wear we a mask. Instagram too. We have an Instagram, but it's dead. But it's fine. He doesn't know that. Okay, bye.